Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Well, some things we want to do spiritually, right? <laughs> we don't really feel like running tonight physically, but we, we spiritually, we feel like running, don't we? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> no, you're doing good. We appreciate you tonight. You can be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. I want to say thanks to all, the, all that's here, all of our guests. God bless you for coming, just being a part of this service again with us tonight. Appreciate that so much. Those, amen, taking a part, helping us in instrument playing and singing and the preparation of this service and for the hand of God and the touch of God in the house of the Lord tonight. That is our heartbeat. That's the desire. That's the reason we have gathered here tonight. Amen. In his presence to feel his touch and, and to have fellowship with him. I mean, we get to have fellowship with one another, but the, the real deal, amen, is we want to have fellowship with the Lord. We want the Holy Ghost to, to fall upon this service, to move in this house, and move upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit with His presence and with His Word, amen. Thank God for His Word and the promises that are yea and amen in Christ Jesus, the Anointed One. I'm glad to be a part of this. I'm glad to have a revelation and an insight. And I know we're living in a world today that's very confused. And uh, man, they're coming up with all different types of doctrines and beliefs and ideas and opinions. And, you know, they, they shift in one way and shifting another way. And, you know, you know, they got leaders now and some, some denominations are changing this and changing that. But, but you know what? We're serving an unchanging God. Hallelujah. And he's going to hold us, amen, accountable to an unchanging word that's forever settled in the heavens. And so, you know, with those as anchors in our hearts, our minds, and spirits tonight, we can be assured of one thing if we'll just love God, love the things of God, give ourselves over to the Word of God and what it has to say. There's many of them out there that's claiming they're hearing God, listening to God, and walking with God outside the book. Amen. With no, no submission to the Word, and uh, really, most some don't even have a clue what the Bible says, don't read it, but within their own selves and their own reasoning, amen, they, they have made this fellowship with the Lord and got to walk with God and call themselves to have a walk with God, but they're so bound and, and so uh, lost and undone, but I'm glad tonight, without wavering doubt, that we can search the scriptures, hallelujah, and find, amen, time and time again, amen, the promises of the Lord, the moving of the Holy Ghost, the gospel itself, uh, the plan of salvation, how to live an overcoming life, how to live a victorious life life best life there is to live amen I tell you this is the best life there is to live we we don't have no regrets tonight we don't have nothing to hang our heads about hallelujah I don't have no regrets that I don't have Hollywood in my house I don't have no regrets amen that uh, you know I don't I don't know all about the ball clubs and ball fields and and I don't know what they've done about this COVID I don't know if they've been playing or not I don't know if they're still making 40 million a year or not and, and you know I don't know all about that but I know one thing church is going to keep on being the church God's going to have a resurrection. Hallelujah. I want to have a passion and a desire. I want to live for God right in the midst of this pandemic. I want to live for you, God. I want to represent you. I want to be like we sung about that star. God, you help me be a reflection of the star, the day star called Jesus Christ. You help me be a reflection of your love and your power and your anointing and your joy. Even on a Wednesday night like this. Amen. We got something to have hope about. We got something to have joy about. We got something we can be assured of. Amen. When everything else looks like it's going you're chaotic and out of, out, of, out, of, out of the wrong directions, you know what? This thing's going to see us through. Hallelujah. When the whole world is turned upside down, this is going to hold us. Hallelujah. Things are shifted, moving. Now, the psalmist talks about that. Mountains and the earth. 
But you know what? I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to this God. I'm going to hold on to this truth. Amen. God bless you tonight. But uh, we're just glad to be here and to be a part of this. And with the help of the Lord, you may not believe this, but we're going to do our best to this whole chapter tonight. Hallelujah. So I'm going to try to persuade you for tonight so we can do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, with the help of the Lord, we're sure going to try our best to do it. We may not show up to do it if I don't find my other pages. Oh, what I've done with them. I must have left them in the office. Didn't even realize it till now. Hmm. Uh, you better let me go look. Have y'all seen my desk? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll be right back. I'll just do his part while he's gone. How about that? Just a minute. Oh, here he comes. I can't even get to do it. Praise God. Lord bless him. The Lord said I can do a quick work. So don't let him get up there. I can do a quick work. <laughs> no, we thank you. All right. Praise God. It's, it's not but just about three or four pages, but I needed them. Uh, amen. And some of this, we really are going to need them. So as we look at Psalms 132, I'd love to went back to 131 again, but I didn't. Amen. So we're going to go with 132. We're going to try our best to finish this up. Amen. We don't have a couple more after this one. These are 15 psalms, amen, that are sung and decreased unto the Lord as they make their way degrees unto the Lord, making their way to the tabernacle, making their way to, to this Jehovah God to worship Him. And uh, what an excitement when you really begin to read and sing and, and meditate upon these particular psalms. And this one even, this one right here. And it's kind of, you know, self-explanatory in a sense. But we're going to watch the, uh, the effect that one man called King David had upon the people. And King David was not the writer of this particular one. I believe it was someone else. I believe it's possibly even later. A man later in time as they look back. And uh, you hear it often. I even heard Brother Booker preach a message one time. The sure mercies of David. And uh, how the extension of that and how often. Amen. Even through the scriptures and through the time, especially for Israel and for Judah. Amen. Even when they became a split uh, 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 people, you might say, hallelujah, but yet just sure mercies of David. God would show compassion. God would show mercy and grace. And he even gave promises, amen, to Solomon. How, how that he was going to show him mercy and grace not to take the kingdom from him. And so we see a, a part of David and the writing of David in the first five verses of this particular chapter especially uh, of his zeal, his passion. And he kind of just lays a groundwork for even you and I today as uh, he talks about a place, a habitation for God, a tabernacle for God, a place where he ought to be and needs to be. Uh, this psalm is also going to help us to understand that even in the time of trouble, amen, he did not lose this focus. He did not lose uh, this heartbeat and desire. Uh, we're living in a world today with the pandemic and different things that's going on. It's very easy. Uh, uh, it's not that we want to or things of that nature, but sometimes just being a human and earthen vessel, some, uh, there's so many distractions and so many things is pulling at us and, and uh, you know, as individuals and families. And, and so sometimes we can lose the, the very heartbeat of what this is really all about. Uh, and even on a personal basis, but more so even as a church, hallelujah, as a church that are put in the uh, uh, communities and, and for a purpose and for a reason. Hey, we're not 
not just in this community, just as by, by birth in the natural, but by, by the spiritual realms. If anybody is going to affect our community, it's us. It's the believing people that's walking after the truth of God, the love of God. Amen. If anybody is going to contend with the devil, contend with the world that we're in and give hope. Amen. To, to people, they don't need a boring church. They don't need a church that says, you know, high on fire. No, they need a church that's on fire. They need a church that believes that, you know what, God can do anything. Hallelujah. When I walk in this place, regardless of my dilemmas, regardless of how bound I am, I believe this man called Jesus because you and I have been a representative of Jesus Christ and he put a spiritual epistle. I've watched your life. I've watched you be steady with it. Hallelujah. Through all of this that's going on. Hallelujah. Because of that. Hallelujah. I believe you can help me come out on the other side. I believe that if I walk in here and get to know the same God that you know, that is the reason of the hope that's in us. Amen. It's not us. It's not our talent. It's not our skills. It's not our ability. But it's the anointing of God. And under that anointing, we'll play like we never played. Under that anointing, we'll sing like we never sung. Under that anointing, we'll preach and we'll witness. And we'll be made victorious. Thank God for the anointing. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke that tries to bind us up. God, we need that anointing. And in this psalm, we're going to see where he talks about the anointing that was given to David. That just kept being passed on. Thank God for the anointing that comes through the Messiah of the seed of David called Jesus Christ. You and I are part of it tonight. You and I, you know, we have the opportunity to engage in that and participate in that. And, and you know, to, sometimes we, we, we get in a rut, routine. And, and that's, that's natural. I mean, come on, we're just human. And uh, uh, if we're not careful, sometimes we do the same way, but living for God and, and being the church and being a representative of the Lord. And, and maybe sometimes you get tired of being the bullseye. But guess what? You are. You're living for God and you're living a called out life and you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you took on the name that's above every name, the only name that's been given, the lovely name of Jesus, you took on his anointing, you took on the mission, you just came the bullseye. You became the, the vessel that the devil's going to hate, the world's going to hate. Jesus taught us that. He said, hey, they're not going to love us. The world's not going to love me. They didn't love me, they're not going to love you. As we make a stand and walk this way and, and live and dress and conduct ourselves, it causes conviction. It causes, amen, conflict. Hallelujah. Hurt feelings. Some people, you know, get upset and mad about it. We're living in a society today. They don't want to be judged. They don't want nothing to say about sin. Hallelujah. Our courts are filled with it. And I'm not trying to be ugly here. I'm just telling you the world that we're living in. Our natural courts are filled with it. Hallelujah. And other places are filled with it. And by laws that's been made but governed by legislators from the White House and from the State House hallelujah whenever they know in their own hearts and their own minds and by the word of God this is not right but because by the laws of the land we're subject to we're bound to but I thank God hallelujah that we don't owe the flesh nothing but we owe Jesus Christ and the word of God and the principles of God everything we got and by the help of God by the grace of God we're going to make the stand and we want to make it the way God wants us to make it we want to take on the weapons that God wants us to take on we want to we walk in the power and the demonstration of God and so so much of this we're going to learn as we watch this this psalm is 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 revealed and made known and uh, uh the writer here 
maybe you could search it out sometime. I didn't today. Maybe I should have. Uh, maybe have, have actually wrote this particular psalm. And, but we know, and most likely, most most believe that this was one of the ones that they sung probably as much as any of them. When they come back from Babylon, uh, you know, I mentioned that from the very set of this. Uh, there was a number of places and occasions where they sung these. Uh, the most, uh, no doubt, when they was coming out of the captivity of Babylon, captivity, amen, these are psalms they would be singing as they would make their ways back. Hallelujah. Back to Jerusalem. Back to the temple places. Amen. A city that was tore down. A temple that had been tore down. Hallelujah. We've been studying some about Nehemiah and Ezra and all these things. Hallelujah. But this is the hope. This is what they're going back to. That's one of the reasons that Nehemiah questioned about. You know, those that had done, done made their way there. What was the condition? How was they were doing? They was distressed. Hallelujah. But God moved upon him. So, so we've seen a lot of this. Now you watch this. A lot of this works in the same way with you and I as local assemblies, as individuals, as families. But thank God we have the author and finisher. Amen. We got the editor in our lives to help us. To, hallelujah. We got to help. Hallelujah. You can't find it. Amen. In a, in, in a medicine bottle. You can't find it at the end of a needle. You're not going to find the kelp that you can find at the house of God. Hallelujah. You can't like you can find coming to the house and standing for the apostolic truth and truth. It's God's help working for us as, as we sell out to it. Uh, I told somebody here's somebody text me about a little situation that's going on. Some pressure about where they was living and they was trying to put pressure on them to allow them possibly to, to take a hold up with them. And I told them, oh no, you stand your ground. You're right. Hallelujah. If they don't want to do right, then that, that's their business. If they want to live in the car, let them live in the car. Hallelujah. I don't mean that to be ugly. Praise God. But uh, you know what? You're not going to come shack up in my house. You can either get right and amen, or you can come, uh, but you're not going to bring your, your, your concubine. <laughs> is that all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I know what I'm doing is right and what I'm standing for is right. I got a greater love for what's right. Amen. Than just try to set and pacify carnality and the times of our world. God's looking for a people, amen, and said, you know what? I'm going to stand for Jesus Christ regardless of what comes or regardless of what goes. I'm going to live right. I'm going to live godly, and I'm not going to be in the mulling grubs about it. I'm not going to be belly aching about it. I'm not going to be murmuring about it. I'm not going to be doing it with regret. In fact, I'm a candidate of honor and a privilege that I can dress this way, walk this way, talk this way. That's, a, that's an honor on our part. Have a revelation. To have an insight. Because this is what's going to make us overcomers. You're not going to win the world by participating and getting involved with the world. You're not going to win the world by beginning to play games with the spirits of the world. But neither are you going to beat them or overcome them by fighting them the way the world wants to fight them. Church, amen, is a different a different institution and we have to handle things different respond to things different and if we'll just obey God huh, well if you don't believe that the, the guy they're writing about right here that's how he handled his situation you know Saul tried his best to, huh, nobody else would have picked up five smooth stones and took a sling but nobody else in the crowd hadn't took out a lion and a bear either Praise God. So, so God, I mean, David knew where his help was going to come from. David knew a man who could anoint him and direct him. 
And you know what? That hasn't changed. I talked to the Lord today about it. You know, God, we, we all got to get back to that place on some more of a personal basis to let God speak to us and in us. Uh, uh, we, we need education and we need insight. And we, you know, we had our tenure fields, tenure, uh, we got all kind of access to all kind of types of information, both good and bad. Hallelujah. But you know what? Some things God wants to show us. Our own apostle, amen, spent three years, not at the feet of any of the other apostles, but at the feet, you might say, at the man called Jesus Christ in a sense, and let the Holy Ghost and quicken him and direct him. And you know what? Has God changed? No, I think, hallelujah, maybe that's some of our problems. You know why some of our forefathers can make the stand? Hallelujah, before it ever became popular or unpopular about some things, it's because in prayer, men that couldn't even read, but they could pray and hear the voice of God. And before it ever happened, they could make a stand and make decisions before all the pudding was out. I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of people. If they could change some things, they'd love to do away with a lot of this Hollywood stuff. But we had some way before the time in prayer and supplication, God was speaking to them. And, and even though they may not could explain it, they knew they heard the voice of God. It's kind of like Noah. It's going to rain, folks. Rain. What's rain? It ain't never rain. You're right, but it's going to. God said it is. And so... Uh, as we watch some of this, uh, the, the zeal, the, and so, <laughs> in a sense, I take it, the writer, again, two things is basically happening here, I, I, my personal belief, is, is that we're, we're, we're praying to God of David, and, and having depend on the relationship, the companionship, and the sacrifice that David made. To help bless us generations down the road. When all in reality. What, what, what some of us. And you know there's nothing wrong with some of that. I thank God for some of our forefathers. And thank God for the, the fights they fought. And the, the, the journey they left us. And the path they left us. But I'm going to tell you something. We can't hinge everything off of all of that. We can't just talk about Bush Harbor days and we can't just talk about what uh, those men and, and ladies done. And no, you and I got to get to the place that God, we got to hear your voice and we got to find some instructions now and we got to find some, have some personal encounters and anointings and in intervenes with God, just like Moses, amen, on the backside of a desert. Hallelujah. You know why? He thought within himself 40 years prior to that, that might have understood why he killed that Egyptian. He thought the brethren were just going to accept him as their deliverer. But it didn't go that way. God had to snatch him out and take him. And so as we watch some of this here tonight. Lord, remember David and all of his afflictions. You know, and I believe there's power in that. So don't misinterpret that. I believe there are some grandmas and grandpas and some elders that went on that bottled up some prayers. And it would probably do you, you and I well sometimes to, in the power of prayer, and up to the Holy Ghost. Amen. Get God to start pouring that bottle out. That those old elders prayed years ago for their babies and for their grandbabies. Hallelujah. You pray for yours, don't you? You're storing up prayers for yours. 
you laying them up. But it could it be a man that, that somebody's got to make a request and somebody's got to cry out. So here, the, the writer, a man, when he calls on the Lord, a man, Jehovah God, remember David and all of his afflictions. And, and let's talk about that and the trouble just a little bit. Uh, David's afflictions at the time was concerning the sacred tabernacle. And it was, it was concerning the ark. And, and he was concerned about, and this goes a long ways, it really does. It's, it's going into in all the fulfillment of what's happening right now, even in Jerusalem and Israel right down to the point that you and I becoming a, a temple of the Holy Ghost a, a dwelling place a place of habitation for God hallelujah and so so David's concerned was about a place for God to take up habitation a place that God could come and take up rest that it wasn't just a place that he had been forsaken and forgotten and he was put in a place amen, where he, he wouldn't have access and to watch his glory and power I'm telling you there's nothing like having the Holy Ghost to move in the house of God and the power of God to move among us. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, and that's what it takes. We want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray for the Holy Ghost to move in this house. Amen. In such a powerful way and a demonstration, it creates a hunger and a thirst in each and every one of us. I want more of this. I want to have more of a walk of it. I want to experience it in greater depthness. Hallelujah. I don't want to just sit around the house and do nothing. Hallelujah. No, God could visit me. God could move upon me at the midnight hour and stir me up and talk to me and I could talk to Him and have fellowship with him and that's what this is all about anyway and so you see a fellowship and a companionship hallelujah because God was a man that was after God's heart he wanted to do things right even though he failed miserably and had troubles and heartaches and disappointments and, and battles after battle amen he still wanted to he always in the back of his mind and in the depth of his heart even though any of the prophets and writers and none of them hadn't mentioned nothing about a habitation and a tabernacle being built up to this point any of the times he never spoken to any of them. Hallelujah. To be on it. So if you watch some of the scriptures I'm fixing to bring to your attention here tonight. We can look. And uh, I'm going to kind of just flop around a little bit for a minute here if you don't mind. Because. You know that the, the, the original idea of the pattern was with Moses. Little sanctuaries that I could come in a bowl with my people. And walk with them and be with them. We know if you've seen the tabernacle and you've seen the tribes encamped around it. And they had church basically every day. I mean, the cloud and the pillar. And, and they would watch. And if it ascended, they had to get up camp and go. And, and Moses, amen, being the man. Hallelujah, to lead them and guide them. We, we know all of that. But there are times when you go to Psalm 78. And I, I won't really to get a good understanding of all of that. You'd have to back up and read about to the, the plea for God's mercy. And then you'd have to look at the compassion of God. And, and the lives and how that, you know, the, the, his deliverance and things of that nature. In this same Psalm, this 78th chapter. But I want to bring two verses out to your hearing tonight on this particular chapter. Psalms uh, 78 and 60. So that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he placed among men. And delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. We, we know and we realize there was even times that the ark was carried uh, captive by the Palestinians and they took it. We know about all the emeralds. We know all about so the ark and what and who it represented. So when you begin to understand the writings of this particular Psalms uh, of what David's talking about, the ark of God, 
Amen. And who and what it represented. Hallelujah. In his own personal life, but not just in his personal life, but for Israel, for the strength of Israel. Hallelujah. That's the reason, ladies and gentlemen, we can't change the gospel, the good tidings, the good message, the foundation. Hallelujah. If we're going to get in the church and be a part of the church, you got to get the foundation right. And then Paul said, you and I must take heed how we build thereupon. And God kept us build walls that are pleasing and build them in places that are pleasing unto him that keep us in protection and safety and we had some forefathers that done a good job in making decisions and drawing lines and I know the enemy's doing his best to make inroads and I know we're living in a world today where and Paul warned us and Peter warned us where, where false teachers and false doctrines and, and people come in unaware as, as wolves coming in to, to divide and to devour and to separate the church and we're seeing more and more of that as time going on even into good you know that's States of America. Hallelujah. We could snatch this country back 50 years and you'd be shocked and surprised how much everybody dressed more alike than what they do today and how much the doctrines and the, the plans and everything were a lot closer than what they are today. Hallelujah. But we're living in a society today. They don't want you to preach about sin. They don't want you to know you just let me live the way I want to live. The old Jancy Bell spirit has captivated this nation and has captivated the world that we're living in. Hallelujah. We want the best of both worlds. And we don't, nobody condemn us or stand against us. But you and I have an obligation and responsibility to the God that we serve and become a habitation of God. You can't, you know what? We can't be like Lot. Indeed, as righteous as Lot was, it fixed his soul day in and day out in the conversations and the lifestyle that he had to deal with. And he didn't get out of there, amen, with all of his family because of that. And so you're in the same situation tonight. The world that we're living in. So easy to have access, to be exposed. These poor little darlings are exposed to so much now. They almost don't even have a childhood. Think about these babies going to kindergarten. Five years old. You know. Knee high to a grasshopper. I've heard that. That's, that's almost true today. You watch them get on that bus. You almost have to help them get on the steps. That's not all so bad. But it's not all so good either. Because now we're being so exposed so quick. You'd be shocked how quick they catch on. Pick them screens up. Three and four years old, buddy. You'd be shocked what's coming up on the side over here. Then we wonder why the devil's got such a hope. So much access. Just, just hang with me, okay? Uh, we're being good tonight. We are. We can, we can see this, this passion, the desire of David. And, and that's what I'm going to focus on tonight in this whole Psalms. Uh, it's really the, the zeal and the passion that David had for to have a, a tabernacle, to have a place to bring the ark. Uh, and, and the first five verses really 
helps us to understand that. And so I'm, let me just address those five verses and then I'm going to go back because there's some places that we can go back in the scriptures and we'll see how, how the text, that affects us. Uh, when you go to, uh, let me just go back to the scripture. 132 again, he says, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore unto the Lord and vowed unto a mighty God of Jacob, the God of Israel. Remember Jacob, hallelujah, the God, amen, this one God. Surely I will not come into thy tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. In other words, I won't go into my chambers. I, I won't find a rest for myself until, until I can build a house, until I can build a place, amen, for God and for the house of God. This is where we get some of that, where, where we get the spirit and the attitude about the house of God, amen, and how it's presented. Even here, I know you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost, but yet the place that we have dedicated, the place, amen, that we've set aside, and we called it the, the church building. Hallelujah. We want our best to be here. We want to, you know, we want to, you know, present it and have it to be presented. And, and, and to, to even the community would know that, hey, they love their God. You can tell by the place they worship and the upkeep of it. It's not run down. It's not looking shabby. It's, it's not this or that. Don't worry. By Saturday, I'm going to get that limb out of the way. I started doing it today and I said, mm, I better move the mailbox first. But, but we're going to get the limb out of the way. But, uh, but, but, but if they watch some of this and, and see it unfold. And if you're too offended about it, you should have done come and got it. But anyway, uh, I'll go on. Uh, praise God. See, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, this is not my house. This is our house. This is God's house. It's not all on me. It's everybody's house. I mean, when you got a baby sick, where are you going to bring them? When you got a baby that's fighting the devil and fighting the warfare, where are you going to bring them? Hello, it's got to become everybody's house. And everybody's got to invest. And everybody's got to get involved. And everybody's got to have a passion about it. That same passion has to get a hold of us about this body. Paul makes it clear that the body, soul, spirit, and mind belongs to God. We live in a world today that thinks that my body's my own. I'll do what with it what I want to. I'll inject into it what I want to. I'll paint it up and curse carve it up and do whatever I want to with. It's not ours. We're created in his image and his likeness. We're created for his purpose and for his glory. And so the way I conduct myself and handle myself and the conversations that I get caught up in. Well, I, don't, I didn't mean to get on some of this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get away from it, okay? Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house or go up into my bed. I will not give sleep into my eyes or slumber to my eyelids. Man, you know... I, I, I'm moved until when? Until I find out a place for the Lord and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Why did this burn so in David? What what had got a hold of him? What what moved him? Now you remember he was under the leadership in the time of Saul and the scripture. Bears out and helps us to understand, amen, that the ark was used. If you read it closely, you'll see the ark was used kind of like a spare tire under Saul's leadership. Saul didn't care a whole lot about the ark, didn't care a whole lot about that until he got in trouble. Then all of a sudden, he wants this almighty God to show up. I mean, Saul wanted to look good in front of the people, wanted to do his own thing. Hallelujah. 
eat what he wants to eat, dress what he wants to eat. He rejected the word of God. And so God didn't have no choice but to reject him. And because of that, we're going to see some things really begin to happen, unfold. Let me just deal with a few scriptures before we get too far along with that. And it'll help us to maybe grasp some of this company. You can go all the way to the book of Acts and Stephen's message there. That, that, that caused them to gnash upon him and stone him to death. But watch a portion of this message. That he enlightens unto the Israelites too, as he's bringing them to that point and place of rejecting the Holy Ghost and rejecting Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Watch what he's, he begins to talk about. You can start about the 40th verse saying unto Aaron, make us gods to go before us. For, for as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. And they made calves in those days and offered sacrifices unto idols and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. Uh, it's, it's amazing to me. I, uh, to, to even today, you'd be shocked at people that want to worship sign and, 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 and depend on nature itself to give them answers. I tried to talk to somebody this week about uh, mending up and trying to get in the right place and doing right. And, oh, no, I tried to go there lightning, man. Just... Uh, but, but if I get another chance, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell you something. You can't pay no attention to all that. You can use all them excuses. And I ain't sure if I believe that anyway. But uh, uh, Jesus Christ is a mender. He's not a divider. He's not a separator. Amen. He's in the mending business. He's in the healing business. And it's God's will, amen, for all of us to be mended. But they take that for answers outside of what this book says. Hallelujah. They're going to use that as the answers to their prayers. And, and as they govern and govern, allow themselves to be governed to walk the way they want to walk. But I'm going to tell you something. Thank God for the word of God that's forever settled in the heavens and the second most important thing is it needs to get settled in our own hearts settled in our own minds settled in our own spirit let me tell you something if it was a conviction in your life 25 years ago God didn't change his mind I said God did change his mind. But we have to be careful because we're living in a world. Hallelujah. It's getting loose. We're living in a world that's getting callous. We're living in a world that all of a sudden things that used to cause us to blush. And cause us to second question. Whether or not I ought to say that or do that. We're getting in a world now because we're seeing this and then that one. But I'll tell you something. This is a habitation of God. And we want it right. We want it pleasing to God. We want the Holy Ghost to be able to flow. We want the love of God to be able to flow. We want the power of God to be able to flow. I'm telling you the devil don't have a chance in the presence of God Almighty. Hallelujah. So if we'll humble ourselves and yield ourselves and give ourselves. But we got to get stirred to that place. Hallelujah. Nighttime. I can't sleep good because, man, I got somebody on my mind. I got God on my mind. God, where you at? I need you to talk to me. I need you to speak to me. I just want to love you a little while tonight. Does anybody? I know you all do. I know just every once in a while. Just all out of the room. Woo! I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, you're so awesome. Tell the devil, there ain't nobody around except me and God, buddy. That's a God, like it or not, man. <laughs> 
I want to create a habitation. I want to create a place, amen, in this house. I want to create a place, amen, on these four acres. And when people drive on this lot, they can feel a power and a love. And don't worry, I'm going to take care of them suitcases out there. And I get a chance. Don't worry about it. God's going to help us out. Hallelujah. We've got to let some little thing quit bothering us so much. Hallelujah. The only hope she's got is us. You hear me? The only hope she's got is to be introduced to Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost to liberate. Nothing else is going to do it. Nobody but Jesus will do. Nothing else. Nothing else. Man, I'm I'm getting... Help us, Lord. But watch some of this. Watch some of this. As troubled, troubled. My afflictions. In troubling times. David had a lot of troubling times. In the house, outside the house. Uh, Even after... War after war and things of this nature. And he talks about that. But in the midst of all of that. Hallelujah. Watch this. Then shalt thou prosper. If I take his heed. He's talking to Solomon. Watch him. He's talking to Solomon, his son. Because he wouldn't allow it. He wouldn't give him. Now watch David. David was, David was a kingdom builder. David was not a self builder. David didn't take selfies. Y'all don't like that or not, but I'm telling you, you better watch that spirit of taking so many selfies. You take of it what you want to, but I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is your pastor. And don't you get there and say, hey, I'm a pastor now. Oh, yeah, he did. You get too so focused on selfie. God won't be in the picture. David wasn't a selfie. David was after God's heart. Because he knew God's heart was the only chance that Israel had. And he knew that the ark of God couldn't be. And even though it had been forsaken for some 20 years. In the woods. In the wilderness. Watch, watch the rest of this song. Watch, watch what he says here. Until I find out a place. Lo, we heard it in Ephrata. We found it in the fields of the wood. It was left. That's where it was left. In the woods, a place is called. It was called the place in the field of the woods. Kid, you know what? The world's done its best to hide truth and hide the Holy Ghost and hide the power of God and the authority of God. They don't want God. Hallelujah. They just want to go to heaven. No, no sacrifice, no commitment, no separation, no changing. Come as you are and stay as you know. You can't do that. You and I, he's even recommending when we come in this house, not to leave the same way we came. He wants us to leave different than what we came. We want to leave this house with a touch of God on our lives. We want to leave this house with greater zeal to live for God. We want to go back to our home and just start examining and start taking notes. Say, Wait a minute now. This is not pleasing to God. I'm going to tell you something. You know, whenever you start really getting... You'll start looking at things. It doesn't matter if everybody's doing it or if they're not doing it. It don't matter. This is a God thing to me. It's a God thing. I want to do it to be pleasing to God. And so, watch what he says. In the 14th verse of 1 Chronicles, the 22nd chapter, he's talking. He says, then shall thy prosper. He's talking to Solomon now. If I take it heed to the fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses, which concerning Israel, be strong, be good courage, dread not, nor be dismayed. Watch this. Now behold, in my trouble, I have prepared for the house of the Lord a hundred thousand talents of gold. 
A thousand talents of silver, brass of iron without weight. For it is an abundance, timber also in stone have I prepared, that thou mayest add thereto. In my trouble, when I could very easily spend it here and done this or done that, but in my trouble, even though I was rejected because I had blood on my hands and I spilt too much blood on the earth, and the man of God told him, Hallelujah, I couldn't build a house. But you know what? He didn't get upset. He didn't get mad about it. He says, That's all right. And you know what? He didn't stop him either. He still went a man. Hallelujah. In Chronicles, the seventh chapter, and he goes back and he gets the ark. And even though he had messed up the first time and didn't have the true revelation, the understanding of how to bring the ark back, Hallelujah. You just let him put it on the cart and he made his way back. And you know about it shaking. And the youth put his hands up and he kills him and smokes him. And David stops everything. And the Bible said he become displeased and he became angered. Hello, you because of the situation, how it unfolded. But when he got it right, when he went back, you know, he didn't give up. He didn't get his pacifier in. He didn't stick his thumb in his mouth. He didn't call up in a cave and say, Well, I might well give up on you, God. I don't guess you want your ark back where you want it. I know you want it in Jerusalem. He didn't do none of that. Hallelujah. He got back to the house of God. He got to pray and he got to seeking God and found out, oh, this is what you got to do. You're not like the world. They can put on a cart because they don't have no Levites. They don't have no anointing. They don't have no elected or called preachers. Amen. To put their ark on. Come on, I'll preach it to you now. Hallelujah. God's got to call the elected people on the anointing of God and the power of God to preach this gospel. And they go to the highways and the byways and all the other places. But unless you get under the leadership of that one that's been called the anointing of God, you're wasting your time. Got to get those Levites. They got to get it on their shoulders and bear it. Now watch him. Even the first time, all the singers, all the multitude, and the Bathsheba, 30,000. Going to bring the ark. But the second go round now. You see, and that didn't stop God from blessing. Wherever the ark showed up, God blessed yeah, they put it over here at Obed's house. Hey, look, three months, man, they found out, hey, he's blessing him. Man, them cows wasn't having calves. They're having two or three at a time now. <laughs> Woo! Man, I'm telling you what. Investment, he made $10. Hallelujah, it turned into 100 Read it. It's in there. Not quite like that, but so, you know, he's blessed. Use your own imagination. How you want to be blessed? You want to be blessed. You don't have to just ask for certain. You know, you can ask for certain things. And we ought to ask for certain things. But you know what? If I wanted a suitable helpmate, that's what I'd be asking for. I'd be like that little widow woman. Help me out, Lord. I want a suitable helpmate. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to humble myself, yield myself, and cause you the master of all things. You see all, you know all. You know all my tomorrows. You know all my uprise and downfalls. You know who will work best for me, for you, and for me, for them. Hallelujah. And so that's what we want. And it does not stop there. What about other places? What about walking by your grandbabies and they once while just lay your hands on them? They don't even expect it. They're playing. Just lay your hands on them. God bless them. Touch their mind. Touch their heart. Put a love of God in them. Put a love for the things of God. The things of God. Love not the world, but and lay the things of the world. Have a love for God. Have a love for the things of God. Have a love for praying. Have a love for committing and dedicating yourself to God. Find an absolute delight and a joy. Hey, I want to show up to church early. I want to come into fellowship, Paul. Hey, man. Woo, praise God. God's in the house. God's in the house. I know y'all looking at me like I know a preacher, right? I don't take no drugs. 
This Holy Ghost will make you do things that they're not trying to do on drugs. This is right. That's wrong. That's going to lead them to hell. Amen. That's going to lead them to wrong place. This is going to lead us right. The Holy Ghost is not going to fail us. The anointing of God is not going to fail us. Joy unspeakable, full of God. Glory is not going to fail us. This ought to create a hunger and a thirst in our heart, in our life. This is what's going to, this is what becomes contagious. I just wonder what happened sometime. You got your helping people do, and all of a sudden, Holy Ghost. Like that child and say, Hey, I feel something here, man. Man, God wants me to pray for you. Amen. He didn't want this done in a closet. <laughs> so watch what's David. Troubled times, he said, I didn't lose, I didn't lose my heartbeat. He said, I didn't lose my desire. And so sure enough, they brought that ark and they put it in the tent that David had prepared. And so as you watch the scriptures unfold, and i got 15 minutes, but we're going to do it. God help us here. Watch this. <laughs> we will go into his tabernacles. We will worship at his footstool. David understood that. He knew, amen, Solomon made it clear after he had built the tabernacle. Amen, a God, a God that's in the heavens has his throne and the earth is his footstool. But I want to build a place that he can put his foot. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray where he can put his foot. Oh, just the tapping of his foot. Amen. If I can get just in the presence of God, if I can get at the feet of Jesus, if I can get at the foot of the cross, if I can get in the presence of God, if I can get there and hear what he's got to say and feel his presence in my life. There's nothing like the tabernacle. There's nothing like the house of God. And let me tell you something. There's nothing like it when you and I come together with the call of God and the election of God and the anointing of God upon us to sing and to worship and to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. There's no greater force. There's no greater institute. There's no greater power. That's the reason it's not about selfie. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about us working together as a team and working together. Amen. For it to come together and work out. Boy, this is a little carnival, I'm going to tell you. Yesterday was doing a little hunting. Had, had three new guys. Put up count. I didn't know none of them. Mr. Keith hadn't got you. I said, well, they're either lost or I don't know them. Well, anyway, first thing out of the mouth. You one of the old ones? You mean old? Nah, nah. They meant just, anyway. Anyway, so we, we got to hunt. Sure enough, you know what? We jumped, they jumped a buck deer. Jumped a buck deer, what we made about six tribes already. Huh. That ain't just funny stuff. <laughs> okay. So we try to head it off, and anyway, I'm alone, so I'm gonna cut it a little short. We finally get over behind Mr. Willard's. We have none of those roads cut out. None of them. I'm sitting out there on Broom School Road. These guys has never hunted with us, they ain't got a clue where they're at. So he says, Hey, where am I gonna go? I said, Go to Kit Maples Road. I said, You'll drive till you come to Pines on both sides. So one of you stay out there, and the other, you know, do whatever, because the road's not cut out. <laughs> so sure enough, they go around there. So I'm watching them dogs. They're just doing around. Going out. Man, look at him. I said, that dog's in their pocket right now. Huh. All of a sudden, pow. I said, look at him. Now, I already missed the buck. I didn't shoot at him, but I was in the right place, and I moved. They gave me the wrong information. <laughs> oh, well. That's where it goes. Anyway, but after that happened, right after, here, here listen to what he said. He told his other buddy. He said, man, I got him. He's a good one, too. That other guy said, yeah. And he had just missed him. Now, he had shot him twice in Broom, in Broom property over. He said, man, that ain't no teamwork. That's teamwork. 
Even a golfer can't do it by himself. <laughs> Even president's got to have a vice president. We in this is a team. We in this to win. It doesn't matter who's making the shots. It doesn't matter who's calling the shots. The anointing of God is in the Bible. Now, if they're not in the Bible, you've got a right to say, don't call that shot. But if it's just over little opinions, well, I'm, but that's what David was about. Let's get this tabernacle. Let's get it where it needs to be. Why? You watch what he's going to tell us here. I'm just going to read it out of here. We're going to go to the tabernacle. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. They didn't see it demonstrate. They didn't see the power of it. The ark. The ark was a symbol of God and the strength of God. He says, we've got to get it in Jerusalem. This is where it belongs. This is Zion. This is what God said. He, this is his chosen place. This is what belongs to him. Watch this. When you get into the New Testament and you repent of your sins and be buried in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. you got a measure of it. Hallelujah. Portion of it. Hallelujah. But you know what? If he's gave us a measure of it in this side, what is he going to give us on the other side in a glorified body? Because this, this old temple here can't handle the the fullness of God and the power and the authority of God and so he give us a measure but it's enough hallelujah if we'll, we'll walk in it if we'll walk in that light if we'll walk in that truth if we'll create a hunger and a thirst and a passion amen for the moving of the Holy Ghost how many lust for the Holy Ghost to move on you how many lust to speak in tongues how many of you just wait to get the house of God and do it how many eat amen when you just wait for Thanksgiving before you eat or Christmas are uh, reunions? Oh no, I like to eat by myself with somebody. <laughs> Don't make me any difference. I like to eat, especially if you have the right things. I like to eat. <laughs> Daughter said the other night. She said, "You know, I wasn't gonna get none." She said something about uh, we was doing anything. She said, "Hey, I got some ice cream." I said, "Well, I don't know." She says, "Neapolitan." I said, "I'll change my mind." <laughs> Man, I like that Neapolitan, a little vanilla, a little strawberry, a little chocolate. Man, I like a little all of it. You take one of one, take one of the other. Man, it's like you're getting a new fresh dip every time you take some in. That's the same way it is with the Holy Ghost. He didn't baptize us the Holy Ghost, amen, for just a one-time one time deal, amen. He wants to show up and baptize us, anoint us, and bless. That's what the habitation, that's what the tabernacle is all. Guess what? Something's greater than the ark in this house. It's the Holy Ghost itself. Hallelujah. That's the reason I'm telling you. Hallelujah. We're walking the Holy Ghost and walking the love of God and let the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy I'm telling you you know why we don't love the way we all love because of the likeness of the Holy Ghost mm-hmm. so I'm telling you the Holy Ghost amen it's what can help us that's what can help us love oh I got to hurry servant David say turn now watch him watch this let thy priest be clothed with what righteousness another term could use often there is salvation let thy saints shout for joy. We got something to shout about, folks. We got something to be rejoicing about. It doesn't matter what age you are in this house tonight. How young or how old. 
you got the Holy Ghost and walking with God. I don't care what your troubles are. I don't care how, what kind of difficulties you're in. Hallelujah. In the midst of your troubles, I'm still going to lay up some things in the house of God. I'm still going to spend some time with my Lord. I'm still going to give him glory and praise and honor. Hallelujah. There's times, hallelujah, you know, it do us good sometimes when we don't feel an ounce of God. And in our own little living rooms or bedrooms or however high it might be, just, just dance. You don't, have, you don't have to have no breath. Praise the Lord. But you know what? You don't really have to have all that. Why don't, you, why don't we just do it sometimes? Just because we just love Him. You know what happened? God will start doing things for you just because He loves you. That's just the way that works. Praise God. For thy servant's David's sake, turn not away the face of thy anointed. They're still living off the commitment and dedication that you read about in the first five verses. They're still pulling for the sure mercies of David. There's a promise that David, through your seed, even though when Solomon, your son, they, they, and iniquity says, I'm going to chastise them, but I'm not going to take the throne from them. I'm not going to take it from them. A seed's coming because you had such a passion and desire to cause this to happen. The Lord had sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. Or of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenants and my testimonies that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. For the Lord had chosen Zion. He had desired it for his habitation. Hallelujah. And that's what David knew. Even way back then, this city belongs to, to God. This is his city. This is his place. God's got a right to have a place of rest. God's got a right to have a place of habitation. God's got a right, amen, hallelujah, to possess and operate and flow through even our own personal lives. For the Lord had chosen Zion. He had desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her for provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her, her priests with salvation. Her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for my anointed. His enemy shall I clothe with shame. But upon himself shall his crown flourish. What in the world is he saying? I'm going to tell you something. Jerusalem, the city, the city we're really looking for. Could it be that that city that's coming down is actually going to set somewhere? Hallelujah. In Israel or in Jerusalem on the new heaven or new earth and a lot of it's going to happen more up on this earth than what we think hallelujah because John said I saw it coming down 1500 square miles I heard a man that studied it out and said that 1500 square mile covers the same hallelujah territory that the garden and where the garden was at and so when you watch some of this really begin to all unfold and take place I'm telling you God's got it it's his place it's chosen and there's going to be a new heaven a new earth but you know what God's going to set up just what he said and you and I amen and make the habitation for God and fall in love with him with love and with zeal and we'll tell you what, we're going to be a part of it. As kings and priests, this is his bride. <laughs> what a time. What a time we're going to have. Take it to heart. Take it to your spirit tonight. Let's get the zeal that David had, the passion. <laughs> and us don't let troubling times 
rob us of coming to the house of God. What's the scripture tell us? Forbid not, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. As what? As you see the evil day approaching. Let's, let's come together. Not just, not just for the social gathering, but for a move of God. A move of the Holy Ghost. A move of the power of His grace and mercy to touch us and move upon us. Let's have that passion, desire. I want to be an enhancer. I want to be a builder. I want to be a team player. I want to bring some wood and put on the fire. I don't want to just come and warm by it and, and, and get the goods and eat the hot dogs and, and you know and eat all the marshmallows and leave. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to bring the wood. Bring, bring, bring a pack of two weenies. I want to do my part. <laughs> Join into this thing. Amen. To see revival. See the love of God and the hand of God move. You know why? Because we need it. We're going to make it. That's because we're going to come together and unite together. Because none of us is an island. None of us. None of us can make it by ourselves. We've got to stay connected. got to stay hooked up. For life, for blood, for healing, for salvation. We've got to stay connected. We've got to stay hooked up. You can stand. I'm through. Love you tonight. We really do. I, I missed a lot of scriptures I had here tonight. And, uh, even Stephen, in his message in that Acts, the seventh chapter, he makes this statement about David. He said unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. I want to be a temple for him. How about you? I want to be a vessel for God. For his service. We want to be a reflecting, reflection of that day star. We, we've got a hold of something, and something's got a hold of us that money can't buy. The devil didn't give it to me, and the devil can't take it. It's joy unspeakable, even in difficult and hard times, unsure times. He's still my God. He's my Redeemer. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. We won't ask you to pray, especially in the next six, seven weeks. Won't you pray for Brother Heath, Sister Judy? Uh, the court decided today, uh, possibly giving the youngest one, the man to a different couple. And, uh, you know, their lifestyle, we're looking at it different than how the courts look at it, how the world looks at it. And uh, they, with, even with regrets, but, uh, but there's a glimmer of hope here. They're going to give them a three-weekend trial that's not going to happen for a couple of weeks. And uh, so as I talked to Brother Heath and Sister Judy today, uh, we're going to pray. Uh, here's the how I'd like for that thing. If, 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 it's, if God sees to intervene and changes, that he'll just remove the desire out of their hearts completely. And it'll be a sob thing that it won't come up two years from now, three years from now, ever again. Okay? 
because these are the only ones that's interested in all what interest has been shown. Uh, that's even questionable, but here again, it's the law. Some laws that's, again, you know, man-made laws. And uh, you and I, and they even, uh, they admit it. They admit it. That uh, told the judge that we, we can't say that we can provide a better home. I can tell them they couldn't scripturally. But that don't fly. See what I'm talking about? That's where we're at. They ought to keep the favor and blessings of God in the country. But they don't. But our prayers are binding together, uniting together. And uh, it's a tough thing. It's a tough situation. Uh, even as foster parents. And uh, they'll have to, you know, deal with these kind of things. And, but we want God to, God to intervene. God to touch. God to, uh, you know. So let's pray. Let's make that a part of your prayers if you don't mind. The next several weeks. And uh, that God will just touch and move and work this thing out. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. Any announcements? Any gripes? Anybody want to preach well? Anybody want to sing? Anybody want to testify? All right. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.